Hello and welcome to the Low Tox Life Podcast. I'm Alex Stewart, your host, and today is show 151. I have the wonderful naturopath Naomi Judge joining me once again on the podcast. Uh, I think it was early last year, if not late the year before that. I, I'm losing track now that the podcast's over three years old. Uh, Naomi and I talked about intermittent fasting. So if you haven't caught that chat, it's definitely worth checking back in the archives. But today we're talking about detoxification and it's actually one of three shows for the next three weeks on the topic of detoxification. The reason I'm doing three shows on detoxification is a lot of people are burdened by overexposure and prolonged exposure to environmental toxins through our food, through the products we use, through the air we breathe, uh, and the things we surround ourselves with in our homes, as well as the things we're subjected to at work and in public places. And uh, the old adage of, oh, you know, you don't need to do anything special to detox. That's what the liver's for. Well, our livers aren't doing so great a lot of the time these days, and they need some support. Uh, And we also need to open up all channels of detoxification and not just our bowels uh, and making sure our livers are working, but other areas as well. So I really wanted to invite three health practitioners to discuss detoxification through their own unique lens and experience helping patients and clients. Uh, Today, it's uh, naturopath Naomi Judge. Uh, She's a Sydney-based naturopath. She is passionate about helping women discover what normal really is for them because, unfortunately, normal for many is uh, not normal. (laughs) And uh, the real normal is actually waking up each day, ready to enjoy life, feeling positive, boundless energy, that's what normal is. So that's Naomi's specialty, helping people get back there. Uh, and then next week I have Dr. Elson Haas on the show. He's the one of the founding fathers of the term integrative medicine and the concept of integrative medicine. And then thirdly on our detox series, Dr. Kelly Alderman. Uh, the last two doctors I mentioned there are, yes, integrative uh, doctors, both based in the US and both have some fantastic things to share about detoxification. Elson is particularly passionate about um, fasting and juice fasting. So for people who are curious about that, uh, that'll be a great show for you next week. And then Kelly, the week after that, is really passionate about identifying uh, the phase 2.5. It's a a a point in the detoxification journey that she has identified and named and she's going to take us through what that is and uh, her concept of tiny door big door and how to make sure your tiny door if you're detoxification impaired is able to be opened up into being a big door so there's some really great chats coming up Uh, today the chat with naomi centers particularly around um Uh, a bit of a detox basics uh, and, uh, you know, what our liver does at at different points, how to effectively detox and also some pitfalls, you know, how to try and figure out whether pain and fatigue and other detox symptoms you're experiencing are normal or whether you need to change tack. And then talking a little bit about uh, 
different types of toxins, water-based uh, versus uh, fat, um, fat-soluble, you know, the ones that get stuck in our fat tissues and how to deal with detoxification on that front, what to do if you're breastfeeding, how to recover from big onsla- onslaughts of, of toxins through things like general anesthetic. We really managed to cover quite a bit of ground today, so I know you're going to really love it. Uh, once we hook into that, I want to say welcome to all the new Low Tox Club members. For a teeny tiny $4 US per month, you can come join the club. We have challenges, we have good chats, you have 20% off all of Low Tox Life's courses. We have nine e courses now, so that's uh, fabulous, and you've got that all year round. Uh, and often we host a few extra QAs inside the club as well. And I do some little masterclasses and and cool stuff is happening in there. And it'll just get better and better as the club grows and we have more budget to put into providing for you guys and giving you the support you need. So come join us there through Patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N, and then just search Lotox Life once you're in there. And I look forward to seeing you there. Uh, We have Dr. Bronner, one of my favorite, favorite brands of all time. Uh, who are supporting the show this month and you have 15% off the Dr. Bronner range with the code LOWTOXLIFE, all caps, all one word. Nice and easy to remember. This excludes gift packs and bulk sizes, but the rest is a free-for-all. This is the time to stock up. I love Dr. Bronner because you can use one product for many uses. I take the tiny little minis on the road with me They end up doing my dishes if I'm in an Airbnb, as well as my shampoo, as well as my uh, hands at the airport so that I don't have to use the yucky soap there. Uh, You know, I've lent Dr. Bronner to friends to see if they wanted to wash their dog with it and they ended up buying some. There are so many different things you can do with Dr. Bronner's soap. That is literally scratching the surface. Uh, So uh, it's a really wonderful, useful soap. And uh, Dr. Bronner's are a fifth generation family business, soap makers. Uh, very committed to honoring the vision of the founder, Emmanuel Bronner, um, to make socially and environmentally responsible products of the highest quality and by dedicating profits to helping make a better world. You know, one of the values that they have that really, really struck me and made me realize just how easily we could rebuild the middle class in so many Western countries that are evaporating that middle class. Uh, when Mike Bronner, the president, shared with me when I was visiting um, Dr. Bronner HQ in Southern California a few years ago, that the highest paid person, that is him in the company, him and his brother, are only ever allowed to earn a maximum of five times what the lowest paid person in the company earns. Just have a little think about what that might do economically uh, for um for people, you know, just all of a sudden we have middle-class people unable to buy houses, unable to put their children through school or college. We've got some really big problems in the world and it's not about um, becoming socialist, but it's actually just about becoming sensible uh, with our our cash and our cash as businesses. No one needs to be earning a hundred million dollars as a CEO of a publicly listed company. It's insane. So when you hear stories like that from wonderful, wholesome companies doing the right thing by people and planet, 
you really start to look around and see how happy all of their team are. Everyone is given a beautiful vegan lunch every day in the cafeteria. Uh, some incredible uh, things are done to ma- to ensure that uh, their team is thriving. And, uh, and it shows everywhere, everything I visited, every person I spoke to, everyone was so happy. And in terms of ethics, uh, something I'm super passionate about them doing is their sustainable palm oil initiative. I can't tell you how many times I have jumped in on some influencers Instagram feed who's going, Oh yeah, I can't use Dr. Brunner anymore. Like they use palm oil. And you know, there are there are ways to produce any kind of commodity in a beautiful, sustainable, regenerative fashion and an exploitative fashion. And when you look at what Dr. Bron is doing with sustainable palm oil in Ghana, in Africa, uh, it couldn't be further from the truth that this is damaging to the environment or uh, runs risk to orangutan populations because there simply, A, are not any orangutans in that part of the world, uh, and B, what they've done is they've created a sister company. So they've partnered with local business people in Ghana and created Surrenderpol. And at Surrenderpol, they then grow and pick uh, from the palms to extract uh, the, the oil and use that for their soaps. It's a really incredible oil. So they don't want to not use palm oil just because it's untrendy to use. They actually want to find a way to create a sustainable palm oil conversation. So if this is actually a topic you're interested in going much deeper into and really trying to get your head around how sustainable and palm oil can even be in the same sentence, I urge you to go all the way back to a couple of shows I've actually done with Dr. Bronner uh, team members. So show number three was with Lisa Bronner, so Mike and, and David's sister, Uh, and uh, she is just fabulous and tells the Bronner story so beautifully. And then over to show number 86 with uh, Vice President of uh, the company, Gero Lesson, and we did a whole show on this supply chain, uh, not just on palm oil, but also on regenerative agriculture in general and what Dr. Bronner is doing to promote that. So that's something I can talk a little bit more about next week. I just want to sort of pick a different part to talk about each week for you guys. Um, But it is just a tremendous company. It's absolutely worth your investment. Their soaps are stunning. All of the products, materials, everything they use is of the highest quality. And I'm just a really big fan. Most of the carbon emissions of a product happen before that product raw material leaves the farm gate. So don't panic too much about it being an overseas product. Uh, It's about how something is made much more than where it comes from, uh, funnily enough. And that's a research that you can find on the David Suzuki website. Anyway, I will stop rambling on, but I figured there was some pretty interesting stuff to talk about there with our beautiful new sponsor for the month. And uh, I shall leave you to this excellent chat with Dr. Um, not Dr. <laughs> um, although she's smart enough, uh, the wonderful naturopath uh, and dear friend Naomi Judge to take us through the finer points of detoxification. Enjoy. Hello, Naomi. How are you? Hello, it's great to be here. How are you doing? I'm good and I'm so excited to have you back on the show. A couple of years ago, we talked 
intermittent fasting, um, which was a great show. And I encourage everybody to head back to that one if you haven't heard it, because we talked about it in the context of it both being fantastic for some, and then a few red flags for others uh, before you just hook into it and jump on that bandwagon. So it's a, it's a really good one to listen back to. But today we're talking detoxification. And for anyone that has not yet come across your work, Naomi, I would love for you to share just briefly a little bit about how you came to be a naturopath. It wasn't a conventional kind of born out of straight out of school and into college and studying as a naturopath. You went a roundabout way. And, uh, and I think that's always interesting for people to hear how people's truths play out for them in their lives. Yeah, thanks so much for having me. It's it's good to be back. Um, yeah, I, I'm a naturopath and I specialize in women's hormones. And it, it's really my journey that's brought me here. So my it started off with me, early teens, having to go on the oral contraception pill, um, having to um, deal with heavy, painful periods, ovarian cysts and now looking back in hindsight I can see a whole lot of craziness that was going on at the time but this kind of led me through my late teens and early 20s going through depression um, going through anxiety and and also in my late teens going through some self-harm issues which which all encompass that whole neurotransmitter hormone kind of imbalance issues and that took me through my early 20s ovarian cysts I had to have surgery I was told I had endometriosis probably could not conceive so all of this going on at the time and no fixes more medication more more going on the oral contraceptive pill antibiotics for a UTI and then what I did is I got myself an appointment with a naturopath and Alex Pappas he doesn't consult anymore but I left his his um, consultation just feeling renewed you know I had I had some a path I could follow that wasn't just medication and it was really just a few supplements and a few dietary changes you know mixing swapping over my um, Turkish bread with Vegemite and my my muffin in the morning and my big coffee with some nice natural yogurt and some nuts and seeds swapping out my big takeaway burger for lunch and having a nice salad. So just a few things like that. But I, after a few weeks, I started to get my energy back, you know, instead of that, that fog and that fatigue I was in, I just felt that new sense of optimism and energy and that getting out of bed in the morning wasn't as a hassle. So just that change made me want to then go on and study. So I went on to night school and then after six months of night school doing nutrition, I then um, left my job in corporate and went over to full-time study for the next five years. And that led me on to become a naturopath. And my history put me in good stead to want to help women, want to help women to balance their hormones because I can see how just having those hormones out of balance, you know, just having that estrogen, progesterone, testosterone out of balance, how much it can not only affect the serious things like fertility, but also just your day-to-day -day life, how you feel, how you are in your life, how you feel about yourself, your self-worth, your optimism and all of those things. So that's where I am today. That's amazing. And it's so true, isn't it? You lose optimism when you're in survival mode. You lose a sense of being able to see and plan for a bigger picture of life. Um, it's, it's something we don't talk about enough in this modern, busy, 
um, quite sick world is how much it puts us all into a sense of survival, which means we are literally just living day to day, week to week, paycheck to paycheck, which means uh, not enough through time thinking, um, which is the stuff we need for a healthier people and a healthier planet. People exactly. playing the big game, the big picture, rather than the here and the now. Exactly. When you're in survival, you just, you know, you wake up in the morning thinking, oh, how am I going to get through the day? Yeah. And, that, and that's, that's it every single day instead know, of excited for things yep. you can do. Exactly. Yep. With a, with a, with a mold, mold illness. <laughs> exactly the same. And so many people going through that. Yeah. And, you know, like even just having a, a simple, I've got a little cold at the moment and, uh, and it's that big day of the cold, you know, there's always just one day that's really crap. <laughs> and, exactly. uh, and so I get a window back into what survival is like just on a little day like today. And you go, oh gosh, how am I going to get through my podcast batching day? <laughs> you know, but you know, that's just one day and I know I'm going to feel fantastic in a couple of days, so I don't mind. But if I think back to mold illness um that that was two years of oh my gosh how am I going to get through today and uh and we really need to check ourselves with that kind of thing and those sorts of feelings and recognize them as a really uh a really damaging um space to be in for, for for a terribly long time it's kind of like stress isn't it really you can do one two days three four hours non-stop but you know if you're noticing that it's day after day uh, that's uh, that's when we've really got to call things into question, which could not be a better segue, really, <laughs> for talking about the toxic soup that we often find ourselves in these days. It's almost impossible to not be in one unless you, uh, you know, t you live on a regenerative organic farm um, because it's everywhere. It's rural, it's in the cities, and it's not just our food, it's so many different things yeah. and so how are you seeing that play out for people in terms of how a body is meant to optionally optimally function um <laughs> we don't get the option to <laughs> love that little faux pas that was a good one alex um that's what you get for doing podcasts when you got a cold you guys oh, i knew what you were saying though I knew yeah with a few laughs today no doubt um but you know we sh we should optimally function a certain way and yet a lot of what we're surrounded by is creating dysfunction and blocking up what should be a very natural process in our body, which is detoxification and causing us to need more support in this area. What are you, what are you seeing that is um, playing out again and again in your patients and clients? Yeah, I mean, there's a, there are a myriad of issues that are going on, but specifically for my clients, so if I was to look at how it plays out in my female clients, we've got simple things. So simple things, well, it might seem simple as in just maybe some skin complaints, maybe acne, maybe psoriasis, maybe constipation, to issues like stubborn weight. So we'll talk about that in a bit, but in terms of what your body does to survive, it, you know, building up um, fat stores to protect your vital organs. So I see that as a major issue. Then moving on to the more severe things in terms of affecting women's health, even from a young age. So we can build up toxins even from a young age when we're, um, you know, when we're in our mother's womb. Yeah. And these can kind of set up our hormones down the track. So things like polycystic ovarian syndrome, things like endometriosis, 
issues with your luteal phase, so you're not, not, not managing to have that ovulation. All of these are symptoms of living in this kind of toxic world and our bodies not having the capability to process, break down and excrete these toxins because we are, we are kind of bombarded. Yeah. And so in terms of realising that that's where we're at and that most people uh, who come to be adults are toxic uh, or have a toxic burden of sorts, and that's obviously in varying degrees um, depending on exposure, can we talk about first some of the major toxicants that are affecting us and making our natural detoxification system sluggish, and then we'll move into talking about what our body has in its arsenal to uh, to detoxify, and and then we'll sort of move into um, optimization, if you like. Sure. I mean, you know, just first and some of the most prolific are heavy metals. Mm-hmm. So just heavy metals, even just mercury, for example, and, and we know mercury. Um, has been used previously in in certain um, um, methyl mercury has been found in certain medications in the past uh, mercury filling so it's it's played a big part in in our life as human beings yeah. now obviously it's being it's being filtered out but unfortunately even things like fillings have um, um, PBA in and also um, nickel so it, even though it's being it's being sort of it's being filtered out it is being replaced by other toxicants so mercury heavy metals then we've got you know the usual like we've got pesticides herbicides sprays that are on foods formaldehyde um sprays that are on these are things that we can't get away from either you know sprays that are on new buildings carpets sofas all of these affect our hormones you know sprays flame retardants um all it's kind of um it's it's actually hard going through it when you start talking about it you realize that it is everywhere and and that's that's one of the problems then we've got issues with our water so we've got our water supply with have have got ammonia in and then we've got other things like chlorine and fluoride now the good news is that not everyone gets affected by all of these you know there are some people whether it's genetic have the most amazing detoxification detoxification system and, and that they might be these people that can do anything and you think how come they can do all of this and, and they're fine but then we've got a huge majority of people that have these sensitivities or the burden kind of builds up over the years and due to other reasons whether it's genetic this this burden of different chemicals through their life whether it's external um, or whether it's endo so endotoxins are actually made we make them ourselves in our in our gut our liver makes them their metabolites so that might also cause a problem as well but some people are fine and other people it just seems to that the, the the littlest toxin the little bit of perfume will, will send them you know crazy will send them going into allergy reactions asthma all sorts of things like that so um it is different for different people but it, it, it's a problem. Yeah, it's huge. And it's, it's so true. You know, you, everyone knows the great Uncle Joe who in their life who was able to smoke a pack a day and live till 94. And then, you know, everyone also knows the other cousin who um, got, you know, had cirrhosis or something and had never drunk a drop of alcohol or visited a dodgy, um, dirty country. You know what I mean? Exactly, like, just, exactly. So, and it's one of those things that it is hard for us to 
um, be distanced from. I mean, I'm sitting here talking to you, I'm at my computer, but I've got um, a new chair that's probably got a flame retardant on. I've got a desk that's actually made of plastic. Um, I've got, you know, every, my computer's made of plastic. And then I've got, so I, I'm being, I'm, I'm trying my best, but at the same time, it's very difficult, like you say, unless you live on a desert island. Yeah, and it's so good that you just mentioned that because it really is about doing our best where we are, it, it, trying to seek mm -hmm. some sort of perfect, completely non-toxic world is um, unattainable. You know, we just have to face that fact and get comfortable with how much empowerment lies in doing as much yeah. as we possibly can when we can. Um, and as you were going through your things, I was like, nope, I've got a hardwood table. My husband made it. That's good. <laughs> nope, West Elm does not use flame retardants. Tick. So my chair's okay. And, uh, you know, like it, we can, we can actually, but then there'll be things like I dye my hair blonde. And as, as much as I use the lowest tox possible product on the market, it's not tox free. Uh, and uh, you can't be to do blonde. So, you know, there's everyone makes their choice as to where, where their little wiggle room is. But there's so much we can do to drastically reduce overall burden and cut our detox systems a break. And whether or not you have a great detoxification system or, um, or you don't, it's really interesting to learn what the different phases of detoxification are in the body. And I'd love for you to share a little bit about that uh, because I think, you know, once we start to empower ourselves with a little bit of knowledge, we can know how to best optimise our overall detoxification as well and live in this modern world. Yes, and um, that's a really great question, especially with the phases. So we've got phases, mm -hmm. um, and then we've also got processes. So we've got different organs that do different processes, and then we've got phases. So, so I'll break it down for you, but there is a misconception when people say go to the doctor, they get their liver enzymes done, and they'll get the results, and the liver enzymes are fine. And so they'll just make the assumption that their liver's fine. But the liver does so many more things. And it is, it, 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 as well as detoxifying, it does have other processes in the body, you know, getting rid of white blood cells, helping to make red blood cells. Blood is pumping through the liver constantly. And the liver is then getting out of the blood these toxins, these molds, whatever it is, and processing them. So in terms of these three phases, we've got the liver that, that has three phases of detoxification. And... There are some body signs that people can look out for that the liver might be too slow or too fast. So, you know, if the liver is underactive, for instance, you might be one of these people that get feel sick when you go through the perfume hall at Maya. Yeah. Um, you might get headaches. You might have a sensitivity to caffeine. So you have a cup of coffee and it makes you very hyperactive. Um, that, 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 that has, that has an, that has a, um, shows that there is an issue with the liver. Um, maybe you're super, super sensitive to chemicals. Um, also, the liver, sometimes if the liver's not working as well, you can feel a bit bilious, not digest your fats as well. 
uh, maybe maybe get bloated quite often so there are these signs and also skin signs as well you know if you're if you're getting dry or, or slightly acne prone skin particularly in between the eyes on the forehead or in the temples that can that can sometimes mean that there is a, a liver issue and if you're getting lots of hives and rashes that can also mean that as well so your liver enzymes can come back perfect but it doesn't mean that your liver is completely um, working perfectly because there's so many other phases so we've got phase one phase one is where these fat soluble or bigger toxins come to your liver and your liver needs to process them. So what it needs to do is it needs to kind of break them down and turn them into turn them into soluble substances which then phase two can deal with. So these substances come in, they could be medications, they could be hormones, it could be cortisol. So your liver doesn't just process um, external toxins. It also processes your own um, internal toxins and, and internal toxins can be hormones, so cortisol. So if you get extremely stressed and your cortisol suddenly rises, your adrenaline suddenly rises, your body has to break down that afterwards and your liver has to deal with that and that creates metabolites and then that can that can create if there's so many metabolites because you're getting stressed all the time these metabolites build up and they can cause inflammation so phase one is actually quite busy um and we want it to be working nice and nice and evenly we don't want it to be going too fast and we don't want it to be going too slow so this is where fads like turmeric you do need to be careful with turmeric um, and also grapefruit because these tend to slow phase one down so they mean that they, they kind of if you if your process is too fast that's good but if it's too slow you don't want it to go too slow so you want to be careful this is why having say grapefruit juice every morning doesn't work for everybody and mm -hmm. also taking high amounts of turmeric doesn't work for everybody so what would the sign would there be a physical sign or a cue that we could look out for that would let us know whether or not those sorts of things are good for us or not well, if you're taking too much and if you're slowing down that phase one, then you'll you'll probably you'll be getting a backup. You'll be getting a backup of toxins. So you might start to find that you get travel sick. You might start to find that you get a little bit fatigued, or even you start to get more sensitive to things, more sensitive to perfume, more sensitive to smells. You know, you can smell something and you feel it's a little bit off, or even to food. Gotcha. That, that kind of thing. That's giving you that sign that that phase one is maybe getting a little bit too underactive. That's great because, well, it's not great, but <laughs> at the same time, you know, these supplement fads come along and everyone is led to believe more is more. And, uh, and it's so important to be reminded every time that uh, less is sometimes more, especially when yes. it comes to something as potent as turmeric. Less is more. And everything's got an action. So there's always going to be a consequence, whether it's yeah. something that's good for you or not good for you, whatever it is, everything, there's always this action later down the pipeline, you know, mm. further down the pipeline, something else going on. Mm. So then that's phase one. And phase one needs things like amino acids from protein. Um, it needs B vitamins from your non-gluten grains, from your leafy green vegetables. It needs vitamin A. Vitamin C is also very important. So vitamin C, ascorbic acid, is very important for detoxification and liver health. Another thing that helps the liver in this phase can be St. Mary's thistle. It kind of buffers it and acts as an antioxidant. 
Um, then in phase two, it gets a little bit more complex. There are all these sort of pathways in phase two. And this is when you when we go into phase two, you can see why we say something. So, for example, if we're always saying to if, if a nutritionist or a naturopath or a health coach is saying to you, you know, you need brassica, you need lots of sulfurous vegetables to support your liver. The reason is, is because there is a process in phase two called sulfation, and that needs sulfur. Sulfur is wonderful at detoxifying. Sulfur kind of grabs onto things like phenols in cosmetics and helps your body to detoxify it. So sulfur will help there. Now, it's what's interesting is a lot of people that are depleted in sulfur actually do have more reactions to chemicals in cosmetics. And so sometimes having Epsom salt baths or having sulfur in your food can, can support this. So in phase two, you have glutathione conjunction, which um, helps to detoxify antibiotics. It helps to detoxify antifungals, medications, um, amino acids are used here. Amino acids grab onto those metabolites from phase one and help to take them out of your body. Methylation is also part of phase two, and we hear a lot about methylation when it comes to things like MTHFR, you know, not being able to methylate properly due to issues with B9 and folate. Um, methylation is where you excrete uric acid from the body. So if it's not working properly, you might get gout or you might get little uric acid crystals or have problems with your kidneys. Um, then we've got um, glucuronidation. This is a very important one for getting hormones out of your body. If this isn't working properly, you might get high estrogen, estrogen dominance. And what's interesting with this one is glucuronidation is what's responsible for detoxing salicylates. And so uh -huh. we know how a lot of people have salicylate issues. Yes. So we can kind of take it back to the liver and have a look and then start to help these people that have got these problems by detoxing these salicylates and the byproducts more effectively in this phase two. Gotcha. And just quickly back to the sulfation, um, a lot of people also have issues with brassicas, like it make them really farty, bloaty and, um, and have some issues. Is there something we can do to support those people? Because you, ideally you want to be able to eat them, right, because yeah. of the, the power that they have. Look, it, it is a shame, and this goes back to, oh, this, this is a vicious cycle, Alex, actually. So yeah. this goes back to having SIBO, which is bacteria in the small intestine. One of the reasons we have bacteria in the small intestines, or the two main reasons, is our, our immune system, but also phase two liver detoxification. Right. So it's, it's, it's working slowly on both on both on both things, working on the liver slowly. Now, if someone can't have a whole heap of um, brassica, they, what they should be doing is maybe taking other things for the gut and the liver, and maybe even taking um, sulfurophane supplement. Gotcha. To help, and then trying to add a little bit in, that the issue being is, if you do have small, if you do have bacteria in the small intestine and you react to brassica vegetables, it's not just going to make you a bit windy. It's actually going to up homocysteine in the body. So you need to be careful. Yeah, but, um, you do. Do it for, Which also, I mean, if there was ever a case for actually being guided by a practitioner through these sorts of issues, um, this is a little window into why. Because often, if you just go solo you you end up creating an imbalance somewhere else that sends you imbalance somewhere else and then you end up in a real pickle uh it'll cost far more than a couple of sessions and a few supplements look exactly and and the, and the truth be told things we're learning new things all the time so even yeah. practitioners even somebody that may have done um 
told their clients to do something 10 years ago would now be changing that and tweaking it because we learn so much more. There's more studies, there's more testing, there's more um, more coming out all the time about this. And um, bachelor, tra- bachelor and advanced diploma um, qualified naturopaths have to do a certain number of points and study each year to retain qualification though, right? Exactly. So you're Perfect. always learning. Yeah, yeah you're yeah. always learning new things and being able to tweak um, tweak things for clients. Yeah. But I mean, it brings up a valid point. Like someone might be researching and it might be a blog that was written eight years ago and that's that <laughs> and, and new science might've come that, to light since then. Right? That'll, yeah. I mean, that'll be out of date. And, and here's the thing we're learning now because there's so much more individual testing that can go on now, liver testing, DNA testing, all of this kind of thing. We're learning more than ever how, um, specialized, an individualized diet is for each person. So somebody might just thrive on having broccoli and cabbage soup every day, whereas some some people might get sick from it. Um, And this is what's coming out in this beautiful era of genetic testing and, and multiple testing that we see, the organic acid testing, all of those tests, we can really individualize it for people. Mm. And we'll come back to testing a little bit more because I'd love to ask you what some of your favourites are for detoxification. Um, but if, if there's more that you want to talk about in the phases before we do that, feel free. I think so. That was that was phase two. So we've got phase one, we've got phase two. And then when it comes to phase three, it, really phase three is about how your body is taking everything out. So your body excretes via the bowel, via bile in your gallbladder that goes into the bowel and it helps to take things out, fibre as well through the bowel, and then we've got through the urine. So just supporting phase three, making sure that you're having good bacteria, prebiotics, um, soluble, non-soluble fibre, making sure your gallbladder is working fine, and making sure you're keeping hydrated because it's the fluid essentially that will support your kidneys to bring these toxins out of your body without uh, without putting so much of a load on your kidneys and also on your bowel as well. So so phase three is very, very important. It's about how it's excreted. Phase three, you can actually help by doing simple things. Dry skin brushing is fantastic. Um, saunas are wonderful. Exercise is wonderful, wonderful for phase three. And then just adding in, you know, fibers like apple pectin, um, and just making sure you're getting good fiber in your diet, cooked and uncooked fiber as well. Yeah, nice. Um, and in terms of uh, uh, elimination through the bowel, a lot of people have trouble with that. Maybe there's some undiagnosed thyroid issues there and so many things that we wouldn't have time to go into in this chat. But have you got any tips on people who are a bit slow? slow in the bowel to get a little bit constipated yes so it's it's actually very common and it's common like you said thyroid can happen some people are actually what's interesting is i had a client last week and and for her it was actually going back to work so at the weekend she was fine and then going back to work you know rushing in the morning not being missing her toilet in the morning missing the time slot so then not being able to go for the rest of the day or the rest of the week until saturday morning comes So (laughs) it can be different, but definitely keeping hydrated um, and definitely just making sure you're watching which foods help you. So for some people, they will find, um, you know, a nice dal soup is perfect. They have dal soup and that the fiber and the prebiotics and the dal helps to feed good bacteria. Love a good dal. 
Yes, it's fantastic. And if, if you do find you just get a bit slow, even things like a little bit of natural aloe vera. So what I like to do is um, natural aloe vera and you can blend it. You blend it in water. And so you've got this nice drink. You take the outer outer sheath of the leaf off. You put in a nice gooey bit in the in the in the water, blend it up and drink that. And that's beautiful for the bowel. But essentially hydration is the key to keeping the bowel going. Magnesium also is wonderful as well. So um, Epsom salt baths or even just taking a little bit of magnesium before bed to relax the bowel to help you go the next day. Brilliant advice. Now, um, testing, let's come on to that now. Given how many tests are available these days, often people can feel really overwhelmed. Um, You can have a situation where perhaps a practitioner is a bit test happy and wants to just test everything. And it can be a delicate conversation around budget and, um, and realistic expectations of what the patient or client is able to do at that time. How do we navigate what the best test is going to be for us if we just feel like we're just not detoxing well, we're so sensitive to it seems everything and, uh, and we want to get a clearer picture of things, could we have a couple of tests that are freely available through, uh, well, Medicare for Australia, but commonly available globally, and then a couple of specialised ones that you really, really love to use on your clients? Yeah, I mean, I would definitely, when you're going to your GP, you can ask for tests and there are tests that can be bulk billed. There are tests that maybe you just pay a little bit extra for from your GP. Uh Um, Working out, um, once you get your bloods back with specific tests on, it can help your practitioner to understand if there's a liver issue, if it's methylation, if it's a nutrient issue, and it it helps to guide your practitioner as to whether they need to do further testing or maybe they know what to do. So for example, normally if you go to your GP, they will just do standard full bloods and they do include liver enzymes. Now liver enzymes are good to do because liver enzymes will tell us something. They will tell us if you've got issues with MTHFR, if you've got a viral infection, or maybe you've got some issues with um, alcohol or even eating fructose. So it gives us a little bit of a, an indication as to where to go. So liver enzymes are on your general bloods. Also on your general bloods, you can ask, you can ask for some more tests to be involved. And again, that will help to guide the practitioner. So asking for homocysteine, particularly if there's any issues in your family history with heart disease, heart issues, heart problems, heart attacks, stroke, that kind of thing. Now homocysteine will tell us if there is a DNA genetic issue with your liver, with methylation specifically. So it's, it's a good guide and it will help. So that's your liver enzymes, that's homocysteine. And also you can ask for uric acid because uric acid as well will give us an indication on how your liver is detoxifying. Ah. Um, if you've got any pain or bloating or biliousness, um, maybe you've got a family history of gallbladder issues, you've had a mum who had a gallbladder removed and you've got pain yourself and you find it difficult to digest fats, you can ask for an ultrasound of that area and the ultrasound will just tell us 
Is there an issue with the gallbladder rather than the liver? Is the bile a little bit sticky? Do we need to work a little bit more on that? Because we can use herbs and we can use diet, um, lemon and water to just help to emulsify the bile. So then it doesn't become a problem and you won't have to have it removed. Um, So there are, those are all things you can get those added extras. You just ask for those extras. Even us, even iron and ferritin give us an indication as to whether the liver is working correctly. So the liver is responsible and supports kind of that iron, um, iron conversion as well. So if your ferritin is down, but your iron is very high, so your serum iron is high and the ferritin is down, that could be an indication, okay, the liver just needs a little bit of help. It needs some B12, it needs some B9. So um, these, these are all tests you can, you can get through your practitioner, your GP. Fantastic. And then any, uh, oops, sorry, my little Ura ring just fell on the floor. That was that funny noise. That's the problem when you upgrade the mic. <laughs> oh, yeah. oh, did you just bang it on the... <laughs> um, so there's obviously quite a few specialised functional practitioner tests that exist today, and you mentioned a few of them briefly earlier. Mm-hmm. Once you see a few alarm bells um, and you feel that you do want to do a, a further dig into things, what are a couple of your favourites? So my, so I mean, testing is one of those things that it is it is nice to do. And practitioners do like testing. One, it just helps them to see what's going on. Two, it's just it, it's there's something about it that's very you see it on paper and it just it, it it helps you confirm a few things. But you're right, they are expensive. So there are tests, you know, genetic testing can be two hundred dollars up to you know a thousand dollars. The same with the organic acid profile test. So I think that the idea is you have to know what to do after the test has been done. So if if we've got people listening to this that have practitioners and they're unsure which test their practitioner wants to get a few tests, the best thing to do is ask the practitioner, you know, what will be the action? You know, what is the action after this? Is there will there be a specific action or will you need to do another test? What will it tell us? Um, I think that's key because there are tests that are nice to have, but they might not give us a specific action. I like that um, distinction. And that's a really empowering thing that people can can take to a practitioner as well. Yes, exactly. So I like to do, so whenever there are any detoxification issues and I feel like it's going deeper, so I've got, if I've got a client with severe estrogen dominance, a family history of gallbladder issues, um, maybe a family history of breast cancer, I would like to do some genetic testing because then that helps me to identify what might the root cause be of this family history issue? Why are you having gallbladder issues? What about the family history of breast cancer? And so then we can get in there, we can use some specific nutrients. So the genetic testing is good. Now the organic acid testing is also helpful. So what the organic acid testing will tell us, um, sometimes you do have to be, you do have to do other tests after organic acid testing. This is the only thing, so this can be costly. But the organic acid test can kind of tell us which direction. Is it that there's issues with the liver? Is it that there's issues internally with the gut? Is it mold? Is it candida? Or is it some external issues? Or is it just, um, you know, amino acid or vitamin deficiency? So it does help to drill down a little bit more. But sometimes you do need to go that little bit further. Yeah. And I mean, you know, that's just the reality sometimes, isn't it? If you really have to work on something, you've got to work on it. 
Exactly, exactly. But I love, I mean, the organic acid test is great. I love the um, DNA. I, I use Smart DNA. Um, and they do about 30 genetic profiles. And so this will tell us things like, are you a slow liver detoxifier, fast liver detoxifier? Are you genetically built to have low B12? Do you have MTHFR? Are you more likely to have higher um, inflammation for breast cancer? All of these kind of things. I find that very helpful. And you can kind of get some definitive answers. Plus, you can put a nice plan in place as well. Gotcha. And is Smart DNA one of those ones that you plug in your raw data to them and they interpret it for you, or do they do the test themselves? Um, Smart DNA do the test themselves, and it comes back. It's it doesn't come back with the raw data. It actually comes back with a nice. It's it's nice. But it comes back with a nice booklet that you can actually read through yourself, and it gives you a little bit more of an understanding as to why. So. Um, with the 23andMe, I think you have to plug that in. And I think going forward, just for anybody doing this going forward, always give um, <laughs> a little tip is just give a different date of birth. Ah, interesting. Yeah. Just going forward because there's obviously stuff coming out with private health in, in America and um, with people knowing your illness. So I think going forward, making sure that it is um, does it, it doesn't have to be it doesn't have to be what's the word funneled back you they don't know it's you so it's either a different date of birth or even a different slightly different first name spelled differently um, yeah interesting good tip yeah. there I like that. <laughs> how to remain incognito in 2019 <laughs> <laughs> we, don't, we don't want our dna we don't really want it being everywhere um yeah. i think going forward private health insurers and insurers i think in america will start using this stuff um, to their advantage. Yeah, uh, it's only a matter of time. I completely agree. Um, okay, so we've understood what's meant to happen in detoxification, even had a few tips as to how to optimise detoxification. There are a few things that I want to ask you about now um, when we're on the road of detoxifying because that in itself can be a bit of a minefield. And the reality is for some people that seeing practitioners is not in their budget, all they have in their control is their purchases to, to get on with um, doing something. And so there's a bit of trial and error in that. Um, and I'd love to ask uh, when someone undergoes a detoxification program, whether or not they are being followed by a practitioner, uh, when do we know that it's too much? What are signs of, um, you know, because often we talk about the Herxheimer reaction, for example, where things get worse before they get better. But how do we know we might actually be on the wrong track altogether and it's getting worse and worse and we stop <laughs> trusting that it's going to get better? When do we pull the pin on, on a particular protocol or, uh, or set of things that we're starting that, um, that don't look to be working? You know what, it, it's quite obvious. When it's not working, it is more obvious. So you maybe, if, if you think about what your body's doing when it's detoxifying, we've got toxins being excreted by the bowel, we've got toxins being excreted by the kidneys. Yeah. If you're having severe constipation, your bowel is just saying, uh-uh, I can't deal with what you're sending me. I can't deal with what you're sending me, so you're constipated because that's what will happen. If you start funneling all these toxins from the body through the liver and the liver is just, you know, throwing them into the bowel and the bowel has not got enough to deal with it, it will cause constipation. But not only that, 
And I've experienced this myself playing around with things over the years. You will get extreme fogginess and fatigue with the constipation because what's essentially happening is your bowel, you're starting to get leaky gut, but also your bowel is so close, the, the blood is so close to the, the bowel lining that those toxins are being reabsorbed. Gotcha. And then that's causing that extreme fatigue, that fogginess, um, and then the constipation. So that those are definitely signs. Severe headaches. Um, now, you do get headaches from giving things up. So giving caffeine up, giving sugar up, giving refined carbs up, all of these things. So it's good to understand the difference between quitting some foods and also the detoxification symptoms. So if you're just doing a light detox at home, you haven't quit any foods and you're getting severe, severe headaches, you need to just rethink what's going on. Maybe you're pushing it too much. Mm. But if you've given up sugar and you get severe headaches, that can be quite normal because your body is going into withdrawals. Yeah. And how long can we expect that to last or is it different for everyone? Look, it can be different for everyone, but I mean, anything from three to five days and it shouldn't go on longer than that. And the same with another funny symptom, which is um, twitching and, um, and muscle cramping. Uh-huh. So you, just to be careful. So some people, if you're doing a juice diet, for example, and you're adding more oxalates to your diet, that can cause some people to get cramping that are sensitive to oxalates. But also if you've given up wheat, so gluten and sugar, also you can get a withdrawal. So it's just important to know um, if, it's, if, it's a, if it's because you've given up something or it's because you're adding something because for everyone it's a little bit different. Great advice. And uh, obviously um, there are times in our lives when detoxification is warranted. So I can think of a couple of obvious uh, things like maybe you've been on a round of medications for something acute or whether, you know, it was your child's vaccination schedule that you were heading off to. And, you know, these are things that we can definitely use complementary medicinal strategies to support allopathic um, strategies and uh, have a smoother ride of it. Um, What are some of these like little sort of acute moments in life where we are administered something for, for whatever reason that we can support detoxification in those times of our lives. So it's less about toxic burden buildup over the years, but more about this thing we have to undergo, like surgery or a vaccine. But definitely, I mean, all of the above. So anything where you're having to put any medication into your body, so whether whether the medication is um, painkillers or whether it's something that you have to go on through to an operation or antibiotics, um, definitely with any surgery, anesthesia, laughing gas at the dentist, all of these things put a burden on our liver and all of these things require some sensible light detoxification. For example, um, glutathione or N-acetylcysteine, um, B9, B12, um, zinc, all of these can, can help to release this from your body so anesthesia is a huge toxic burden on our body i mean essentially it's putting us into a state where we we're more than asleep we can't feel anything um it's quite scary really we're we're lying there we can't feel anything um so we are in a we are in a very very almost almost dead state really 
Um, when you think about the recovery from that, that requires more detoxification. And then when it comes to vaccines as well, just being sensible with vaccines. So leading up to detoxification of vaccines is very important. So, you know, if you're immune compromised or if you've got the flu, if you're, if you're, in, that, if you're in that acute state or you're a child that's in the acute state, it's probably good to wait. Um, but definitely doing a little bit of vitamin C and ascorbic acid leading up to the vaccination, a little bit of zinc, and then doing that post-vaccination as well. What this helps is it just helps the body to process those excipients that are in the vaccine. It helps the, the liver's going to be going into overdrive because you've just had the vaccine and that's going to be that's going to be putting the immune system into overdrive and so the liver then has to has to jump to attention and start doing what it needs to do from phase one and phase two so just giving those 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 raw ingredients for phase one and phase two liver detoxification is going to ensure that there's no um no symptoms from any of these medications or vaccines and is there any safe level of something like glutathione that you can take at home without um, practitioner guidance? Uh, and the only reason I'm asking is because often after an anaesthetic or after a vaccine, we're given Panadol and Panadol depletes glutathione right when we need it the <laughs> most for all the other things we're trying to, um, you know, work through by having had that medicine. So is that something we could do on our own potentially at a small dose? Yeah, I wouldn't see any problem doing that. Um, there, you know, just 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 using a nice liposomal glutathione and just taking just taking you know the dose one tablet if it's if it says one tablet on the on the packet and just doing that over a couple of days. I can't see any problems with that. I know some people are sensitive to corn, so some of the liposomal pump ones are in a base of corn oil. So just read the ingredients. Um, and just um, make sure there's nothing in that that you'll be sensitive to. And the same goes for ascorbic acid. Honestly, that is one of the best things. It's great for phase one. And you can go from anything from 250 milligrams for a child up to, you know, in excess of six grams for an adult in divided doses through the day, depending on what you wanted to achieve. But that can be fantastic. But definitely glutathione and NAC as well can be helpful and um, can actually, for some, N-acetylcysteine um, can help at about 700 milligrams, can, can be converted better into glutathione as well. Yeah, because it, it's the precursor, right? It helps the body make correct. the Correct, yes. Yeah. Yes, that's correct, yes. Yeah, nice. And that would be a little bit more gentle too. Um, it, it's, all, it's fascinating, isn't it? It's all about giving the body the tools to do what it needs to do itself at the end of the well, day. That's all. So, so asparagus. Asparagus is a vegetable that's high in glutathione. So hence why asparagus is actually good for detoxification and having a, you know, making asparagus soup. So you know, even after times like this, making sure that you're having a meal that helps your body detoxify and taking the toxic load off. So if you're on antifungals or if you're taking Panadol or if you're taking um, anti-inflammatories, all of these suppress the liver's function to detoxify. So just making sure you're getting the good stuff in the foods, take away anything that's going to slow the detoxification system down and take the load off, and then also help the gut during these times. You, you'll, you'll, you'll feel better. You won't feel as foggy afterwards. I mean, taking antibiotics, I know whenever I've taken them before, I haven't taken them for a long time, but I remember feeling 
crappy afterwards for yeah. weeks so tired mm. because your body is trying to excrete it trying to detoxify and, and trying to rebalance itself in the aftermath exactly exactly yeah, yeah. and so um on to a couple of other scenarios of people who, you know, maybe you've realised you've had all the air fresheners on and everything and you want to detox yourself or the kids or maybe um, maybe for you it was mould, maybe you've decided to convert your farm to organics but you've realised there's quite a bit to do from the pesticides of yesteryear in the, on the farm and it, whatever the toxic burden you have recognised is around you, uh, there, there might be like, uh, let's say a pregnant person or a breastfeeding person who's sitting there thinking, but what does that mean for me? Like, is it safe for me to detox at all in, in this state? And in my courses, um, based on advice from, uh, lots of doctors and environmental scientists, the, the best advice I seem to find is to simply just stop. It's not the time for protocols and trying to push stuff through faster. It's actually just time to celebrate the fact that you can stop any more exposure and reduce that. Is, is that what you would uh, recommend as well at that particular time? Yeah, I, I, would, do a, I would do natural... De- a kind of a natural detoxification cool. so by, okay. by that i would i mean obviously the, the best thing is before you conceive is to is to go on a detox protocol that's the best thing three months yes before. i know our <laughs> interview in the preconception ninja course where you talk all about that is so good yeah um, so i'd urge anyone to go check out preconception ninja if uh if that's where you're at because uh Naomi's interview is absolutely awesome. That yeah, that's important. So when it, if you're pregnant or breastfeeding, what the, the the idea is you don't want to push more toxins into your growing baby and you don't want to push more toxins into the breast milk. We know today we do know that breast milk contains um, a lot of plastics, um, a lot of toxins in your body. So you don't want to push more into into those. But what you can do is help your body to deal with what it's being exposed to on a daily basis, mm. if that makes sense. So you yeah. don't want to push into the milk or you don't want to push into the baby toxins that you've got in your fatty tissue or toxins that you've had in your body for, for years. But what you can do is support your body um, gently, and that's using whole foods. That's using lots of leafy green vegetables, um, smoothies, green soups, that kind of thing to just help your body to excrete these toxins. And then also taking things that are gentle and will help your body to remove anything that you're acutely being acutely um, uh, in, that's in your environment at the time. So that would be activated charcoal. For example, if you're going to be going um, anywhere where you know there's more toxins or you're going on a plane flight, or you're going to be exposed because you're going to someone's house and they're painting or whatever it is, taking this activated charcoal will just help your body to get rid of more of these toxins that you're being exposed to. And then obviously good bacteria, good fiber, some B vitamins, a a pregnancy natal, that kind of thing. So you're giving your body all the ingredients for it to do its job. Love it. Fantastic. And then the last thing I wanted to ask you about was the difference between water-based toxins and fatty tissue-loving toxins and how we navigate uh, detoxifying both different styles of toxins, if you like. 
Yeah, so we have, um, when, when we've got the nice lipophilic toxins, so the fatty loving toxins, they will tend to, if, if our liver's not working or our gallbladder's not working or we're overexposed and our, and our system's just backing up, our body will start to store it in our fatty tissues. Uh-huh. Um, so that can be that can be weight gain for some women. So and and what I suspect also, and I don't know this for sure, and I need to do some more research into this, is um is also fatty deposits, fatty lumps. So I'm finding a lot of people started. I, I'm getting more fatty lumps like that but i'm wondering if it's actually due to exposure to toxins and the body is just creating these kind of fatty tissues these fatty lumps in various places um they're those fatty lumps that people might feel you know as a cyst yeah. or even some people have them growing on them which is which is interesting so I'm, I'm still looking for research in terms of these being tested but that's my i suspect that and so getting rid of these um things like dry skin brushing exercise sweating, um, steam room, sauna, that kind of thing helps to get rid of these toxins in the fatty tissue, which is important. You need to mobilize them. Also working on at a mitochondrial level as well, you know, coenzyme Q10, L-acetylcarnitine, um, anything a precursor B6, anything that's a precursor to NAD, which is um, which helps to um, create energy within the cell. So we want to think of the, the creating energy within the cell of the fatty tissue, so the cell itself can start to detoxify. And you do it at a cellular level, and that that will help to mobilize these toxins as well out of the body. And then making them into when you've got um, more water loving toxins, that's about supporting your kidneys through um, through fluid, through drinking water, green juices, you know, parsley, nettle tea, um, all of these things that help to nourish the kidneys to excrete and release these toxins through your urine. If you get dehydrated, this is why when you do detoxes, you can get quite thirsty. If you get dehydrated, that's a big burden on your kidneys. And if you think about those toxins going through to your kidneys, um, they can cause all sorts of problems if you're not hydrating and you're not having the right nutrients um, for your kidneys. Such great advice. So many good little nuggets there. My gosh, we've covered quite a bit. Um, so I guess to finish, if we had to become better detoxifiers, which really most of us do in 2019, uh, what would be your favourite things for people to incorporate, um, keeping in mind different budgets and time constraints? of people my favorite things are the simplest things um so i definitely would not do a detox fad you know like the lemon detox diet (laughs) or anything like that because it's important to mention just in case (laughs) yep it's it's the load that it's putting on your body you need to think of your body as this long-term thing it's not you don't suddenly do something quickly and that that's gonna we're not there's not just these toxins in your body that you suddenly do this lemon detox diet and it's going to get rid of the toxins and it's going to come out that way. You, there's so many, as you would have listened today, there's so many different factors involved. So the best things to do that I find are to support your body through some lifestyle aspects. So we've got exercise, oil pulling is wonderful. I love oil pulling and it cleans the gums out. It means that you don't have to, you know, your teeth will be in better condition. Your gums will be in better condition. Oil pulling is 
it's a way of using oil in the mouth, pulling it between the teeth. And so it's essentially helping to get fat soluble toxins out through the um, blood, the, the, the gums in your teeth and also bacteria in your teeth. And it really does work. I know from personal experience and I've seen other people do that. So I think that's fabulous. I also love dry skin brushing. Once a day, dry skin brushing using a natural bristle brush, really, really lightly. It helps to mobilize toxins in the lymphatic system. Your lymphatic system um, carries dead white blood cells, dead you know mold cells, dead cancer cells, all of these things out of the body. And if the lymphatic system starts to slow down, then that's the, that that puts your um, your liver and your your bowel under pressure. So dry skin brushing, um, oil pulling. And then simply, I love using, supporting the gallbladder with using a little bit of apple cider vinegar or using a little bit of lemon and water and having that because that helps to emulsify the bile. It helps to liquefy the bile so that it can do its job. So those are my three favorite things that anybody can do. And then if you wanted to add in supplements that were, that were reasonably safe, that you could do to support. Yeah. I love using greens, like something like a little bit of um, chlorella or barley grass powder or spirulina powder. Um, and the, um, the chlorophyll in these powders, not the liquid, because the liquid normally has um, benzoatein or um, potassium sorbate, sorry, in to, to stabilize it. So you wanna go with the powders and the chlorophyll in these powders is wonderful at supporting your body to grab onto heavy metals, grab onto toxins and excrete them through your bowel. Fantastic. So much great advice as always, Naomi Judge. Um, where can people find you? I know you have that wonderful women's membership with the gorgeous Bren, uh, Bren Janschek, who's also my co-collaborator for Th our Thrive program. Um, and I know so many low-tox women who are a member of that group with you guys having wonderful mm -hmm. results for their health and happiness as women, which is so important. Um, and, uh, and please, just in case there's a man listening to this, it's not that any of this didn't apply to you at all. Uh, it's, it's just that they, they tend to be women led communities in these memberships. That's thus the focus on women. Uh, but our boys can always go back and listen to the two incredible episodes I recorded with Dr. Ralph Esposito on men's health. Uh, we actually talk about detoxification for men in those as well. So if you have a, if you're a woman listening, you think, gosh, I wish my husband would listen to this, but it was quite women focused, head over to those. There's something for everyone. And Naomi, where can we find you on social? Where's your favorite place to connect with people? So um, Facebook, um, Naturopath Naomi on Facebook, and then also Naomi Judge. If you want to look at my um, videos, so I put videos up on YouTube, Naomi Judge on YouTube. And you are so generous with your time and information. Your Facebook Lives that you do are just so, so good. So I would absolutely encourage everybody to head over to Naomi's platform and, uh, and soak up all the good information. You know, it, it's like the Lotox community, you never feel overwhelmed. You always feel like there's strategies and stuff you can actually just get on with and do. Uh, and, uh, and that's what's important when we all need to get ourselves better and, and start looking after our planet, right? Oh, thank you. Thank you so much.
Thank you so much for listening to today's show. I hope you enjoyed it as much as I enjoy having these conversations and bringing them to you. Now, where can you find me and Lotox Life from here on in? Well, you've obviously got lotoxlife.com and there we have everything beautifully organized into food, home, body and mind topics as well as kids and a whole bunch of free downloadables and resources to help you inspire you to take community action. And there's amazing A to Z recipes there if you're ever getting a little bit stale in the kitchen and a whole bunch of articles that I've written. You can also find me on Instagram at Lotox Life and also on Facebook by a page the same name. I make everything super easy, Lotox Life, so you can find it really, really simply. Thank you so much to everybody who leaves a five-star review over on Stitcher or iTunes or wherever it is that you tune into the show. And also to let you know that you can join us on Patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com forward slash Lotox Life and come join the private Lotox Life Club. In there, over time, more and more cool stuff is about to be added. It's a place where we can continue the conversations, chat about the weekly show, you're going to get bonus Q&A and all sorts of things over time. I explain everything over on Patreon, so I encourage you to check that out. And in the meantime, I'll see you next week. Mm-hmm.